This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Mark Blunden and this is The Leader. living in a state of permacrisis, so say lexicographers at Collins English Dictionary, who recently crowned it Word of the Year, and now a study suggesting the emotional fallout from this delightful Armageddon-inspired portmanteau is seeping into our workplaces, with young Gen Z staff members worst impacted. Permacrisis is dictionary defined as an extended period of instability and insecurity. Ring any bells with the state of the world right now so could a four-day week help balance things out in this episode we're joined by one london boss who trialed a four-day week and now they're not going back in fact another survey published on tuesday found no drop in productivity among respondents and workers actually brought in more money working just four days while incidents of burnout and sick days were fewer. But before we dive in, let's hear from the boss of mental health app Headspace, Russell Glass, speaking to our sister podcast, How to Be a CEO, for a couple of his super quick top tips for freeing up brain bandwidth on those dreaded Zoom video calls. Just turning your self view off frees up brain capacity. Not having your iPhone right next to you frees up brain capacity. I mean, so little things like this that research have shown, it's actually run by a group of neuroscientists out of Berkeley, this program. So, you know, these these little things you can do to free up brain power, we're training our teams on. Now we're joined by Heidi Chow, Executive Director of Debt Justice, a Bethnal Green-based charity where they wanted to see if a four-day week could help their 11 staff work smarter. A lot of our work is based around meetings. <laughs> like We do a lot of meetings during the week and part of that is because we do have a very collaborative working style. You know, We do a lot of collective decision-making. We like to draw people's ideas together. But the downside of that is that we do end up having a lot of meetings on a day-to-day level. And so one of the things that we had to do was to figure out how we were going to do these meetings and to ensure that we spend less of our time in meetings. So we had a collective brainstorming. Together, we came up with some ideas on how we could address um, the way that meetings were clogging up our diaries. Um, so, for example, we talked about how we would, instead of having default one-hour meetings, which is kind of what, you know, if you, you're on your Outlook on calendar, they always default to one hour, that we would look at um, having shorter meetings for 30 minutes, for example, or 45 minutes. Um, we have a weekly team meeting and we reduce that from one hour standard time to, to a 45 minute meeting. Um, but also doing things like being better prepared before meetings start and um, having really clear purpose for every single agenda item and for the facilitator to be really empowered to move agenda items elsewhere to, for example, Microsoft Teams, you know, and having online chats where, uh, where you don't need lots of people to be in the same room discussing it, an issue. So why did you decide 
decide to trial the four-day week over half a year? We are a campaigning organisation. Uh, we campaign to end debt-related poverty and inequality. And so our organisational vision requires fundamental shifts in how our economy works putting people's well-being first and so we really wanted to model these values in how we run the organization itself and so we're quite keen to test the idea that you know we can work smarter rather than longer and really rejecting the idea that's quite dominant in the world of work where the more the, the more that you work it drives your value you know so this is something that we've seen that's created a lot of overworking stress and poor mental health that's really kind of common features in working life but ultimately to invest in the well-being of staff and see whether we could actually work shorter hours while still delivering the outcomes that we're committed to as an organisation. How did you ensure work was covered across the whole week? People who want to call us, for example, don't just call on the four days that we're working. So we had different options for staff to choose how they would work their shorter working week. Um, some, some staff chose working Monday to Thursday, for example, which is a very popular choice, not surprisingly. Um, but some of our staff work nine-day fortnights, some of our staff work half-day half Fridays, um, and then other staff take a different day off in a week. So this meant that we could cover so all five days in terms of facing off to the media, facing off to uh, politicians, MP meetings, taking phone calls from the public and so on. But I think ultimately our work um, is very heavily based on creativity, relationship building and problem solving. And so because of that, um, our staff need to be really well rested and energised. And I think that um, because they're coming to work more rested, energised and feeling more inspired, then they were able to kind of focus on their work in a better way. What do you make of this new word permacrisis and its impact on workers? I can really relate to it and especially for the work that we do because our work covers both global south debt and as to looking at the global south debt crisis that's happening but we also cover UK household debt and what's happening in, in households across the UK as a result of the pandemic and the cost of living crisis and people are having to turn to debt in order to make ends meet and a lot of our work is about building the collective power of people in debt so that they can lead and lead campaigns campaigns that are uh, on issues that are affecting them. And actually, because we are so close to a lot of the uh, front lines of the impacts and the fallout from this permit, a crisis, as you, as you so call it, um, a lot of times it can be that we also need to ensure that we look after ourselves and to ensure that we have you know, sufficient levels of self-care and making sure that we know when we need to protect ourselves from some of the mental health challenges of taking on and, and working on these issues. We are looking into how we can develop better culture of self-care in our work. And I think the shorter working week is one of those things that, will, that, that is helping with that because it gives us the ability to step away for a bit and to to uh, do the things that regenerative for us that are that build that builds up our well-being um, and that enables us gives us space and time away from our work um, that is very intense when we, when we are at work during the weekdays. Let's go to the ads coming up. How the four-day week trial worked out for debt justice, and the tech giants trying out the same scheme. Why not hit rate and follow in the meantime? Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now, wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Oh. 
welcome back. Now, before we return to Heidi Chow, let's hear again from Headspace's Russell Glass for his thoughts on the four-day working week. All the evidence, the tests that have gone on, Microsoft did a great one in Japan, there have been others, demonstrate that the four-day work week, right, reducing the total number of days of the week, actually doesn't hit productivity at all and is incredibly effective in terms of, you know, increasing people's happiness and and success. Now, Heidi, how did the four-day week affect staff stress and well-being? We did a weekly pulse survey with all of our staff. This is uh, basically tracking 10 different metrics around well-being and stress and so on. And that pulse survey, we we had really great results throughout throughout the pilot period. And actually towards the end of the pilot period, actually our scores went up around those 10 different metrics. But we could also see qualitative kind of changes as well in, in our staff in terms of people, staff who have physical or mental health issues, staff who have caring responsibilities. They were able to manage their week in a much, in much more better way and having the time and flexibility to manage some of this around a shorter working week, which then meant that, that when they, they did come to work, actually they could focus and they were kind of, um, yeah, much more motivated to kind of uh, take on their workload for that day and ultimately I think seeing staff just feeling happier and healthier more generally and actually when people we turn up to work on a Monday morning we all have everyone has the usual Monday morning feeling but I feel like staff are turning up having rested properly I know that for myself and my work can be very full-on very intense um, and it takes me a day to kind of wind down so then actually when I get to I do that on a Friday and then when it comes to the weekend I feel like I can actually start having a weekend and really switch off. And how did you measure the metrics? During the pilot and actually ongoing is around um, the issue of prioritization and ensuring that we are constantly making sure that we are focused on what our strategic objectives are and ensuring that we do the things that are going to achieve those. I think often when we are faced with two choices between A and B, we're often tempted to do A and B. And I think we need one of our challenges is actually learning and figuring out where we need to say no to things and being brave enough to really focus in on a thing that is the smartest thing to do with the time and the resources that we have. So what happened at the end of the six-month trial? We haven't gone back. So um, so basically what, what, we, what the way we set up the pilot was that um, we got it approved from our board initially to, to, to undergo the pilot and then we committed to the board that we would provide them with regular updates. And what I said to the board was that I didn't want there to be any surprises throughout the pilot period. So as in like um, these updates that we're giving to the board that if there was any um, concerns or uh, yeah, any any anything that was going to be a showstopper that they would have to mention it along the way, along all the checkpoints that we set up because I didn't want there to be any surprises either for the board or for the staff at the end of the pilot because you're right it's, it wouldn't be really fair on anyone to to undergo a, a pilot like and then ask everyone to, to enjoy six months worth of shorter work shorter working week and then ask everyone to move back to, to the original five-day working week lastly Heidi thank you very much for your time can you share any experiences about how the trial impacted workers in different age groups I don't think I saw any kind of discernible difference in the response to different age brackets um, in terms of their response to the trial but I did this what I did see was that different people want staff with different life situations found the shorter working week incredibly helpful so we've so for example in our staff team we've got some people who might have some health issues got some people who've got um disabled children some who have very young children some young people with no dependents i I just found that whatever demographic or whatever life um, circumstance people found themselves in having that um extra breathing space in the week actually made a real difference in terms of their some of their caring responsibilities or their (laughs) self-care 
responsibilities. All of that meant that they could um, have a bit of time and space to deal with some of these other things that come up in life and recognizing ultimately that we're all holistic people. You know, we come to work and we carry the things that in our personal life into our work. And actually, if we've got some time to deal with some of those things, it means that we can be better at work. We do get to work um, and do the things that we need to to deliver for um, our strategic objectives as an organization. There's more news and features in the Evening Standard newspaper and online at standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. We're back on Wednesday at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.